0: coming up the old bait and switch cooties eye twitch and sometimes this job's a bitch also direct from hell sin will have our satan in the news report we'll visit mr robertson's neighborhood and we're going to drink 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 this movie out of our fragile little brains all this and heaven too on this episode of kiss the goat is everybody in
2: a candle for the sinners set the world on fire this circle is closed nothing is true and everything is permissible
0: this is episode 24 of kiss the goat and welcome to it please clasp hands form a circle of perfect love and trust and bid a fond welcome to the patron saint of kiss the goat mr john Carradine.
1: and this
3: is john carrady witches i pray i know the secret full moon killing things I'm going to take the brain of a lesbian and put it into the body of a man who works for the telephone company. But why? What good will this do anybody? It'll show those fools who call me mad.
2: We've been doing this show for almost a year now. That makes us seasoned veterans, if not downright professionals.
0: And we started this podcast to talk about the differences between how Hollywood portrays religion... Mostly the Judeo-Christian religion, as opposed to how religion really is. And believe me, they're both pretty fucking wacky at times.
2: We also wanted to make you laugh along the way. And to that end, we've gone through a lot of shit. I mean, not to be a murderer or anything, but we watched Night Train to Terror, for Christ's sake.
0: But tonight's movie is something special, even by our standards. I mean, I'm not going to lie. This one was, shall we say... A trial. <laughs> a bloated Hollywood monstrosity that pulls its punches at every turn and seems to want to infuriate any member of its audience with a brain.
2: There it goes again. My, my, it's, it's twitching. Do you
0: see? Do you see what you did to my wife, you stupid movie? <laughs> Stay tuned, I'll as I'll kill you, you stupid movie, you <laughs> son of a Bitch! honey you you can't
2: kill a movie it's okay i'm i'm okay bastard
0: movie i want to torture it like it did me i'm gonna fix
2: my husband a nice tall drink make it four okay four nice tall drinks and we'll be back with state in the news right after these messages from our colleagues at the horror network
4: 72 movies that shocked a nation and made an infamous list, the Video Nasties. Hi, I'm Duncan McLeish, and you can join me and my co host, Andy Blockley. Hello, hello. As we chat about the 72 films, reviewing them all from the Video Nasty list live on our podcast. Tell them about Andy. Okay, 1982. 20,000 films were seized in London alone because they were too nasty to be watched. Come and find out why. That's right. The show's called Doing the Nasty Podcast. You can find it exclusively on the Horror Delia Network of Podcasts. Come and check us out.
1: There are many mysteries in this world and whether you believe or not believe we gather to explore the strange and unexplained where the paranormal is normal and nothing tastes like chicken. We are Mysterious Boom! (laughs) Exclusively on the Horophilia Network of podcasts.
0: And now it's time to visit Mr. Robertson's Neighborhood to find out what Reverend Pat has to say to us today
4: my daughter is possessed by a demon. She's in
2: jail, and I can't even stand to be around her long enough to go visit her. Do you have to physically touch someone or be around them to cast out a demon, or can I pray it out of her from
5: afar?
3: Well, it depends on how good you are at praying, but the answer is yes, you can pray it from afar. <laughs> yeah. But I think you ought to get a group together <clears throat> and maybe see that daughter, but you may have to have an exorcism. I don't know what she's got, uh, but I do know that uh, sometimes but the last thing you want to do is to get together and start singing um, in this power in the blood. You don't serenade demons. You you command them in the name of Jesus to, to leave. Mm. And uh I, I think doing that long range you see the the Lord dealing with the Gadarene demoniac, the man came to him, fell at his feet, and Jesus the demons were talking to Jesus. So uh I think I don't know. She's in jail. I don't know if if the jailers would allow you to have a little uh, intercessory uh, deliverance meeting if you brought some people in. Well, if she can get enough time with her, she could just say it real quick, you know, and just cast that demon out if the daughter's open. Well, but, you, you need yeah. you need prayer, but I mean, yeah. I, I had a demon say, you know, you can't have her; she's mine. I, and I said, no, demon, you can't. So sometimes they'll talk to you, and you, you you've got to respond. How come she's got the demon? Yeah. How come? What did she do to to get possessed? Uh, you need to look into something beyond that, and you also need to make sure that you know what you're talking about that she hasn't got some mental illness right. uh, that that needs uh, uh psychiatric care or some uh, chemical intervention to keep her sane uh, be sure you know what you're talking about before you start casting out demons that may not be there
1: bitch what the fuck was what the <laughs> fuck was
2: that
0: y'all right um, i'm getting there the alcohol is certainly helping well, let's forget about the movie
2: for a moment and deal with reality.
0: Of course, reality
2: in this case sometimes looks like fantasy, but after all, it's a weird world, isn't it? It's time for Satan in the News with our correspondent, Sin Fallon.
5: Panico Satanico. The hashtag CharlieCharlieChallenge has teens summoning a demon with two pencils on a piece of paper resulting in satanic panic. Long a legend in Latin America, the poor man's Ouija board has now become a top trend on Twitter and YouTube if you want to play with yourself. All you need to do is draw a quadrant on a piece of paper and write the words yes and no in opposite corners. Cross two pencils, one balance on the other, between the four quadrants and ask, Charlie, Charlie, are you there? If you dare. Once the pencil start to spin to yes, you can either scream like a schoolgirl, piss your pants, continue to ask questions, or get a life.
0: Okay, oh, I have a question. I don't mean to interrupt.
5: Oh, no, you're, you're
0: fine. I, I, I have a question.
5: <laughs> did you raise your hand?
0: I, I did. You didn't see it. Why would you have to write no on the paper? Because if Charlie Charlie's not there... Won't just nothing happen? Well, the point
5: isn't to just say Charlie's there. It's once he's there and responding, then you ask him yes and no questions.
0: Oh, okay. And shouldn't it be see and no?
5: And that's the name Carlos, Carlos, right?
0: Yeah. (laughs) It should absolutely be Carlos, Carlos. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no ahead. you're
5: fine. I mean, you're asking all the logical questions.
0: Which is what I do, unfortunately. <laughs> Which is Look why you are not this
5: game. <laughs>
0: I've never played Carlos Carlos.
5: You should start using it for Ask the Goat.
0: <laughs> Jesus. We'll just, ask, we'll just ask Carlos what my favorite, <laughs> my favorite blended drink is. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
5: the devil's in your mouth. Swallow. (laughs) A Georgia principal who was caught on film being racist towards African American (coughs) students and their families during a graduation ceremony is blaming Satan for her racist remarks. You people are being so rude to not
1: listen to this speech. It was my fault.
5: Principal Nancy Gordwick blamed the devil, saying, quote, The devil was in the house and came out of my mouth. <laughs> How
0: the fuck does that work?
5: But she was being serious. <laughs> so much easier to use the satanic scapegoat than being accountable for her own reprehensible behavior. Gordowick's son, Travis, then defended his mom's racism with his own racist rant on Facebook, even dropping the N-bomb. Maybe when Principal Gordowick said the devil was in the house, she meant her own house, where her own racism begot her a racist son. As the principal and one of the founders of the TNT school in Georgia, Gordowick was fired from her job. Hail Satan.
1: <coughs>
5: Beazelbub's bedtime stories. <laughs> Puritans, do you find yourself tossing and turning at night, wondering how best to scare your children into loving your god? Well, worry no more. Now you can give your children the godly gift of the book, The Cage, a young children's guide to the biblical teachings of hell <laughs> by C. Matthew McGann. Published by Puritan Publications of Tennessee, What the Fuck, Tennessee.
0: Hey, her- hey, 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 hey. That is not my fault. will <laughs> be blanket statementing <laughs> everything there. <laughs>
5: The horrific book is filled with illustrations of kids in cages in hell. Aimed at children aged five to nine years of age, the book boasts that, quote, little children are not too little to go to hell, end quote. The book teaches kids that they are just dangling in a cage about to fall into hell at any moment. Admitting that his writing causes children to have nightmares, the author believes that traumatizing children with religion is a better fate than free will. McMahon writes, quote, Hell is not a place where you can have fun. Hell is not a place where friends gather to hang around, end quote. No, McMahon, that would be the Kiss
0: the Goat group on Facebook. Hell yeah. <laughs> but this is for kids. So that, I'm glad. That's good. Yeah. That's good that they cause, should, because th- it's, it's hard to understand things like, you know. God is love. <laughs> like Yeah, exactly. Like, God is love and, you know please refer to him as your father while he's dangling you over a pit of eternal burning fire. Um, that's good. I'm glad this exists. <laughs> God. Anyway.
1: <sighs>
5: Infernal Ireland. Jim, a terrified Irishman called the local radio station in Cork to warn of the impending doom brought about by the yes vote for marriage equality in Ireland. Jim is convinced that equality is not the will of the people, but rather the will of Satan. Jim said that his god will hurl a huge, sodomy-seeking asteroid, pounding the asses of 40 million people. Thereafter, his god won't climax until after he's pounded the asses of three-quarters of the world's population. Um, Jim's god sounds like a big dick.
0: (laughs) Probably not good to uh, be angry. (laughs) <laughs> about sodomy and use a word that its first syllable is ass.
5: <laughs> Wondering when your ass will take a divine pounding? September, according to Jim's prophet, YouTube. <laughs> oh,
0: have to wait that long. Uh.
5: <laughs> so let's make the most out of sodomizing each other till then. By the way, lesbians may be spared the asteroid ass rape, depending on whose definition of sodomy you're defined by. So, ladies, get a taste for religion and lick a witch.
0: Or just get one of those cool butt plugs with, like, the ponytail on it.
5: What do you mean get one?
0: I'm not speaking specifically to you this is a general <laughs> audience kind of thing. Maybe they don't already have one, and it is an option.
5: <laughs> you know they have a vending machine now for sex toys.
0: Not here, they don't. <laughs> where, where is that?
5: I'm guessing Japan. I haven't yeah, actually I read the thinking. article, but I'm just assuming Japan.
0: Next to the Dirty Panties vending machine.
5: Oh. Oh. That is,
0: that is a thing.
5: Maybe you can get the sex toy and then turn in your Dirty Panties for another free sex toy.
0: See, that's that's recycling at its finest.
5: There you go. You're welcome, Japan. I
0: like that idea.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Reporting from hell, this is the original sin, Cindy Sin Fallon.
0: (laughs) If you can't get enough of sin, and really, who can? uh, You can friend our intrepid reporter, Cindy Sin Fallon, on Facebook. Uh, You can follow her on Twitter at BeachFile and join her group, Modern Witch Executions, Never Again the Burning Times, at facebook.com groups slash executions. She can also be heard in the... <coughs> ...area on the radio as the LGBT correspondent on... <coughs> ...that's it for Satan in the News, and I need to be plied. Plied? Yeah, plied uh, with more alcohol. Because I'm going to need more alcohol before we can talk about this movie.
2: Well, we do have a break coming up, so I guess you can grab another snootful. Yeah,
0: I might need something else. I don't know. <laughs> well,
2: you've got a couple of minutes to get as loaded as you can before we come back to discuss this Kim Basinker vehicle, Bless the Child. Ah! You said the words! <laughs> back in a bit.
0: My name is Mike, you may know me from the Evil Episodes Podcast, where we talk about all that's good and bad on horror television, but I watch a lot of movies too, and you can hear me and my panel of guests talk about these on the Not So Evil Episodes Sidecast. My name is Doug, you may know me from the No Budget Nightmares Podcast. Every month, we choose a theme that allows us to talk about some movies that don't always get the love or seething hatred they deserve.
1: My name is Iris, you
5: may know me from the Badasses, Boobs, and Body Counts Podcast, whether we're defending a movie we love or ripping apart a movie we hate, you can always expect some spirited and passionate discussion about movies on the Not So legal episodes podcast.
0: My name is X. You may know me from the Kiss the Goat podcast. Join us once a month for unpredictable, not safe for work discussion about some of the best and worst movies ever made. There's not often a fight, but sometimes there is that's a not so evil episode Sidecast, turning movies inside out for your listening pleasure you can find us on the horror philly network the legion network itunes stitcher and wherever fine podcasts are sold
1: i don't
5: think you understand cody's very special
3: you're a psychiatric nurse maggie you know the diagnosis as well as i do i used to think it was autism too but I'm not so sure anymore. It's as if she's listening to something, something we can't hear or see. It must be that poor bird. It flew into a window and broke its neck. They're all
5: quite curious about death.
1: I think we found the one.
3: She was kidnapped. I won't leave here until somebody helps
4: me. Excuse me, Miss. How old is your child?
5: She's six years old.
4: Same birthday as every kid on that board. You're not like ordinary children, Cody. You know that. You're God, please help me. We're gonna get it back, Maggie. I promise you that.
1: Eric's got this religion, only it's more like the opposite of religion. About a year ago, they started hunting kids. What does this have to do with Cody? She's the one they've been looking for all along. She's gonna lead people to God. Join us,
4: Cody. Stark is well protected. You saying you're scared of him? He'll bury you if you come after him.
1: Promise to get her out of there? I'm not leaving here until I see Cody.
4: There won't be a second chance here. Not for you, not for Cody.
1: If you believe,
0: jump. If not, come to me. After you. Welcome back to Kiss the Goat. You just heard the trailer for Bless the Child. From the year 2000, that makes this movie 15 years old and therefore, according to the rules and bylaws of Kiss the Goat, eligible for full spoilers. And I am going to spoil it, spoil it all by the gods, the (laughs) same way it spoiled me. (laughs) X makes this
2: noise when he's watching something that's remarkably bad. It's kind of like a moose getting punched in the balls. Not that I actually know what that sounds like, but it's what I imagine it sounds like. You know, sort of sad, moaning sigh that you make when you can't actually
0: weep. Cooney gets this weird eye twitch. It (laughs) usually only happens after an especially difficult day at work, but while watching Bless the Child, it looked like she had one of those electric muscle stimulants on her face.
2: (laughs) So whimpers of pain and facial spasms.
0: That's what kind of movie this is. Yes, hold on to your butts. Here we go. Uh, the whole thing starts with Kim Basinger, and that's a mistake right there. Uh, Kim Basinger has acted, I mean, really acted, in precisely one movie, and that was LA Confidential. And in every other movie, she's bounced off some scenery and been blonde that's it. So if you ever needed proof that she is just a fair-haired, non-entity, watch Bless the Child. <laughs> it's like a wizard
2: enchanted a piece of cardboard to get up and walk and say terrible dialogue. But anyway, Kimmy is on some form of mass transit as the film opens. And a total stranger tells her that it's a very special night. The Christmas star
0: is overhead.
2: Aw, it's the holidays. Oh.
0: Now, the, woman's, the woman calls it the Star of Jacob. Now, the Star of Jacob, I understand. The Star of Jacob, or Jackoff, as I prefer <laughs> to call it, the Star of Jackoff pulls no results on Google. In fact, if you search for Star of Jackoff, it searches for Star of Jacob anyway.
2: <laughs> well, the Star of Jacob, of course, is the Christmas star, which refers to the lineage of the Messiah, which is interesting because I always thought Jesus was descended from King David But I'm not going to start Plugging this movie into Ancestry.com Or anything because it's not
0: worth the energy And here's the thing about the woman on the on the Bus, she's on a bus She might be an angel Angels watching over me Don't know. It's not implicitly stated, but it's very possible that (laughs) she's an angel.
2: And that's kind of a recurring theme in this movie, so trust me, we'll get back around to it.
0: Well, when Kimmy arrives home, there's a shadowy figure waiting for her by the door, and the figure steps out into the light, and it's Kimmy's long-lost sister, played by Angela Bettis. It's a Christmas surprise. Now, look, I don't have any problem with actors making some money. And if you can glom on to a decent major studio rule and make some jack, by all means, fucking do it. But goddamn, Angela Bettis deserves so much better than this movie.
2: Bettis was in May, which is a fantastic movie. Yeah, it is. Uh, She was in the Masters of Horror episode Sick Girl. She played Carrie in the television remake. She's been in so much good stuff and seems like the kind of actor who chooses her projects with care. So, I don't know how they pitched this to her, but I hope she at least bought a nice used car or something with the money.
0: Angela has a baby. Now, Kim hasn't seen her sister in years, so of course she shows up with a fucking baby. Well, it's her baby. Right. It's not just some random infant that she lifted from a <laughs> cart at Walmart. She doesn't know who the father
2: is. Well,
0: who does know who their father is, really?
2: And she's back on that junk. Mm,
0: heroin, smack, riding the spike, riding the dragon, riding the snake. Down to the lake, the ancient lake. Snake is long
2: seven miles right right she's on drugs that's what i said Uh uh-huh so kim picks a fight with her about the fact that she's on drugs and doesn't know who the father of her baby is and angela is all you know i'd love to fight with you about my life and how i live it but i need to use the restroom it's a trick well it might be a trick Yes, she leaves the apartment and disappears for six years, but it could have been an accident. I mean, maybe she just wasn't sure where the bathroom was, opened the wrong door, ended up outside, and then, you know, by that point, you're just too embarrassed to go back in.
0: I'm going to say that's possible. After all, she was on drugs. Right. Riding the white horse. Stop it. Dancing with Mr. Brownstone. Fine.
2: So now, Kim is stuck with a baby girl. And the kid's name is Cody. Cody. Cody may or may not be autistic, but she's definitely on the spectrum. And then again, I'm not sure we've come up with a spectrum for telekinesis.
0: Because Cody definitely has telekinesis. We get the whole montage of Cody uh, growing up, going through medical tests, interacting with Kim's Mexican housekeeper.
2: Even babies need a montage.
0: And this one can't be over soon enough. Or you know what, little Cody is six years old. On the way home, on the bus, Kim Basinger is reading this newspaper with this huge, lurid headline, Fourth Child Murdered. And there's some creepy guy by a black van in an alley, and he kind of gives Cody the stink eye through the window, and she gets freaked out, which she should, because that black van is about to do what All black vans do. A
2: boy collecting cans for recycling comes upon the van. And a bald guy starts asking him questions. Um, He knows his name, asks him when his birthday is, and, oh, if he likes puppies.
0: And gladiator movies. And movies about Turkish prisons. Anyway, bald guy knows the kid's name and asks him if he wants to pet the puppy that he has in the van. A puppy's in a cage. So Baldi tells him he can have the puppy if he can pass the test. And the test is that he needs to be able to do things that no one else can do. So the kid climbs into the van because he is a dumbass.
2: Yep, and that's it for Puppy Boy. (laughs) We do get to see the weird tattoo on Baldy's wrist. It kind of looks like a pitchfork with crooked tines.
0: So walking up to their apartment, Cody sees a bunch of rats in the outside trash, and she gets freaked out by that because she's really easily freaked out. You'll notice this throughout (laughs) the entire fucking movie.
2: And Kim is amazingly dim. Now, Cody sets one of her toy cars up on end and makes it spin with her brain powers. And Kim misses it completely. Now, you got to think that Cody is doing shit like this all the time because she's experimenting or she can't help it. Either way, there's fuck all no mention of it.
0: Hell, she makes the glitter and her snow globe spin around like a sparkly little twister. And still, no one notices this shit. It's ridiculous. Now, next we hear about a
2: dude named Eric Stark. He's the leader of the New Dawn, which is a self-help organization. He started youth organizations and written books and opened rehab centers. And if you've never seen a movie before, it might take you three minutes to figure out that he's the bad guy. <laughs> While the rest of us are like, shit, I bet he's the bad guy.
0: The cops find Puppy Boy in the river and a special agent is brought in. It's Jimmy Smiths. Yeah, I said that, too. Um, He's an FBI guy who studied to be a priest, but he couldn't quite pull the finger on those vows. Nonetheless, he's an expert on occult killings, and he notices a mark on the kid's arm, which we, being the audience, realize is the same mark as the tattoo on Baldy's arm, the weird fucked-up pitchfork. Meanwhile, Cody's in a special class at her Catholic school, And during the day, a bird flies into the window and breaks its neck. And when the kids go outside for recess, Kim is there to pick Cody up from school. But all the kids are gathered around her, sitting on the ground. So Cody's got the dead bird in her lap, stroking its weird little broken neck, when suddenly it flies away majestically like, like a John Woo pigeon or, or those doves that follow Ryan Gosling around all day, every day, because he's Ryan Gosling. Who the fuck is Ryan Gosling? Um, uh, Nobody. Yeah, just keep your eyes straight ahead. Don't look at other younger men. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh. Well, anyway... <laughs> I know it's not supposed to be funny to see a group of special needs kids jumping up and down and cheering, Cody fixed the bird, but it is funny, and I'm sorry.
1: Cody fixed the Cody the
4: bird! Maybe he was just knocked out when he hit the window. Cody was dead. bird! Cody fixed
1: the bird! Cody fixed the bird! fixed the bird! I'm tired Okay, sweetie, we'll go home.
2: Wait, no, I'm not sorry. I'm sorry that the filmmakers didn't trust the audience enough to believe that they would be smart enough to understand what's going on in this scene and just leave it alone.
0: Now Of course, Baldy is sitting in his van outside of the Catholic school watching this whole thing happen.
2: Kimmy is a nurse and at the hospital. She treats, of all people, Christina Ricci, who should have gotten together with Angela Bettis at the beginning and said, fuck this movie. Let's go do something great together.
0: <laughs> Christina's is there because of drugs. <laughs> I won't, uh-huh. I won't. That's, that's fine. It's just drugs. Uh, She sees this family resemblance between Kimmy and her long-lost sister, Angela. Christina knows Angela, and she tells Kimmy that Cody is a special child, but she's in danger. And Christina's also got that fucked-up pitchfork tattoo. So before Kim can ask her any more questions, uh, she leaves. (laughs) Thanks.
2: (laughs) I guess you're always in danger if you're the chosen one. And that's kind of what this movie boils down to. It's a chosen one story, but I don't think Joseph Campbell would approve of all these story elements.
0: Jimmy Smith is at the police station and he's given a lecture to the cops about what he knows about the murders. He's got a cork board. So he puts up pictures of the bet Pitchfork symbol and he says,
4: This symbol was used in ceremonial sacrifices far back as 16th century Europe. The times on the trident point left Signifying the left hand path of saintness. It was a sign of a sect of Luciferians who took the fallen angel mythology literally.
0: Now, check me if I'm wrong, but isn't that what Luciferians do anyway? They're called Luciferians. Anyway, that's I mean, like saying the symbol belongs to a group known as Ohioans, who all believe that they are from a state called Ohio. No shit. <laughs> the
2: crimes he says are supposed to be against god not man no
0: this film however is a crime against humanity
2: then he points to another symbol found on the corpses it's a capital p with an x through the stem
4: these symbols branded on them Pafqua Negra. the translation would be black easter whatever our man is up to will happen on easter eve well that's only about a week away maybe this is almost over well, maybe in our purpose mind, that's when it really begins.
2: However, that symbol is actually known as the Cairo, and it is representative of the first two letters of the word Christ. You'll find it used in church symbolism to this day, and it has nothing to do with Black Easter, which sounds like a fucking Danzig album.
0: <laughs> Dirty Black Easter.
2: <laughs> okay, don't start singing. You'll derail the whole show. I, I do. No! I have a lovely singing voice. Uh Uh-huh. Thank the gods, it's not a tequila night. (laughs) Anyway, Kim has a vivid nightmare about rats attacking Cody, and we're supposed to think it's real, but it's not because these are terrible early 21st century CGI rats who look like ferrets with human frowns.
0: (laughs) The dump is huge. Oh, I like how Kim can't afford the tuition for for Cody's school, but she can afford a deeply Catholic Latino housekeeper. There must be a tax credit for hiring stereotypes.
2: Well, when out shopping, Cody wants to stop in at their housekeeper's church because she has strong leanings towards Catholicism. She can barely string a sentence together, but she understands Jesus and the saints, so there's that.
0: Cody goes into this room filled with unlit candles. And everything in the room is kind of at a weird angle, so it looks like the Roman Catholic version of the room the Nostromo's computer is in, an alien. (laughs) especially when Cody makes all the candles light by herself with her mind. And there's a statue of the Virgin Mary there. And Cody says that the Virgin Mary is crying for them. And she's so sad again. No real reaction from Kim who uh, fuck. I don't know. She's sleepwalking through this whole movie anyway.
2: <laughs> and oh shit. Guess who's back at the apartment waiting for them? dancing. It's no, <laughs> no. But it is the bad guy, Eric Stark, wow. and he's married to Kimmy's sister. How fucking convenient. And, of course, they want to take Cody with them. The sister is off the drugs. Her husband is rich and the bad guy. And they even have a nanny ready, a horrible, old, rail-thin woman named Donya.
0: <laughs> so here's the conflict. Everybody wants Cody, and there's a lot of blah, blah, blah about who has the rights to the kid, but it's obvious bad guy Eric Stark has the money and the resources to crush Kimmy into a pile of dust, so he actually ends up threatening Kimmy, and while those two are talking back and forth, Dania and Angela kidnap Cody and sneak her out of the house. Like I said, Kimmy is so amazingly inattentive in this movie, I'm surprised Cody hasn't died already. I left her in the dryer. I got distracted. (laughs) Well, she
2: goes to the cops and immediately gets Jimmy Smith's attention. Cody's birthday is the same as the other kids who were killed, and he has suspicions about the new Don anyway. Like any cult, there are strange allegations about them, and they're being accused of tax fraud. So he wants to follow up on Eric Stark, and he wants to
0: tap Kimmy's ass. So let's talk real quick about the gargoyles now, obviously in new york there's some fascinating architecture very old buildings and gargoyles are a part of that landscape now whenever kimmy sees a gargoyle it hisses at her <laughs> now is the standard behavior outside of a disney cartoon <laughs> i don't think so
2: but kimmy goes to visit the new dawn headquarters new which dawn? looks like a strange combination of Scientology and LeVayan Satanism. Their slogan is, do what you will, will what you do, which is weird.
0: Thank you, Sphinx.
2: Right? (laughs) Of course, they won't let her talk to Eric, but the docent takes her to a computer lounge where she emails Eric directly. Even though she has a computer at home, I guess she never thought of that. I mean you can guess his email address, right? It would be bad guy at new com. <laughs> Makes
0: sense to be. Huh. Um, well, Christina Ricci calls Kimmy begging for cash in exchange for information. Now, Christina says that the people in the new dawn can predict the future, make bad things happen to people. And they're hunting down kids. They call it the slaughter of the innocents. And who are they looking for? The chosen one. That's right. Cody. But Eric isn't going to kill Cody. He's going to change her. He's going to turn her bad. Christina says Cody would lead a lot of people to God, but Eric won't let her. So she gives Kimmy an address on a napkin and a gun. And then there's a chase. These fucking New Dawn goons come in through the front of the diner they're sitting in. Christina runs out the back door. The New Dawn people chase her. Kimmy chases the New Dawn people. Fuck all if I know why. But they go down (laughs) into the subway, which is completely empty. The Delancey Street Station, totally no one there and very, very clean. I'm calling bullshit on that immediately. Kimmy tries to use the police box to call the cops, but she gets whacked on the back of the head with a pipe.
2: Now, when this happens, there's a slow-mo, echoes, and a bright flash of light. So much so that X thought she had been tased. Mm -hmm. It's not true, but that bonk on the noggin somehow pried open Kim's third eye. Ooh, sexy. No, no, honey, not brown eye. Third eye. Oh,
0: oh.
2: So, now she can see into the spiritual realm. When she looks up at the people attacking Christina Ricci, she can see demons swirling around their heads, egging on the violence. Now, are these demons supposed to be what lives inside all of those hissing gargoyles? Are they escapees from that terrible Van Helsing movie? (laughs) Jesus Because they look like shit. They wouldn't scare an autistic kid with telekinesis.
0: (laughs) These demons, if you can see fart trails, (laughs) that is what these demons look like. Anyway, Kimmy gets attacked, and she ends up in the middle of the fucking subway track. But, you know, big fucking deal. Of course she climbs out of the way in time. Um, Then she sees Christina Ricci sitting on a bench, and when she touches her to try to talk to her, Uh, Christina's head falls off. So I estimate that's five whole minutes that she was in the movie, and I really hope they paid her well for that.
2: Yeah. Well, the next day, Kimmy is in the hospital with a concussion. Jimmy Smits comes to visit her. Transit cops didn't find a body, so her story is not credible. Jimmy won't move on Eric Stark, even though he is the bad guy, because he's too rich and powerful. And he has no grounds, and the guy owns a lot of houses, so he keeps moving. Now, that
0: sounds lame, but he does give her the gun back, so uh, points for that, I guess?
2: I guess. So Jimmy's working late at the office, and he's lamenting that there are bad people in the world, and he prays for a little help. Then the custodian comes in, a Tyrese Gibson-looking motherfucker, who tells them that good men are never alone. And he smiles this beautiful I-know-something smile. Now, is he an angel? Because we're led strongly to believe that he is. And when he leaves, this flower on Jimmy's file cabinet that was dead is now in full bloom. Like, fucking E.T. just touched it. Angels watching over me, every move I make. Angels watching over me.
0: It's infuriating because it is like watching someone act out a greeting card. It really is.
2: So Kimmy, in the meantime, is driving to the address on the napkin, and there's this weird redheaded kid with one good eye outside playing stickball. Seriously, one of them is clouded over. Glaucoma, like,
0: oh, boy. Yeah.
4: <sighs>
2: Now, on her way to the front door, she sees demons swirling around the place, and they all settle into places where gargoyles would be, except for the little imps, which are hiding behind garbage cans in the alley.
0: So, essentially, Cammie just goes to the front door, rings the doorbell, and says, Hi, it's me. I want to see Cody. And Angela lets (laughs) her in. Now, (laughs) Cody tells her she has to go to the dentist the next day which is a real fucking important plot point but why angela let her into the house is never explained and it's it's stupid i mean if you kidnap someone do you (laughs) let their mother into the house well bad guy
2: eric is there also and kimmy makes up some bullshit about there being an easter egg hunt at cody's old school Eric won't let her go. So Kim decides to try to blackmail Eric. She says she'll be quiet about the organization and dead Christina Ricci. If he'll let her take Cody and her sister with
0: her. Eric says, no. So Kim pulls out her gun and Eric pulls the old emperor Palpatine on her, like telling her to shoot. And it feels good. Doesn't it? Hooray Murder. So she pulls the trigger, but Eric's already magicked all the bullets out of the gun. So Baldy sneaks up behind her and chloroforms her. Mm -hmm. And when she wakes
2: up, she's in her car. There's a bottle of vodka on the floorboard, an open pill bottle, and she's driving the wrong way over a bridge. Oh, also, the brakes don't work. Ah. So she finally manages to crash against the guardrail. But now she's in a car that's going to fall into the Hudson River,
0: and it's already on fire. So some dude opens the passenger door and helps her out right as the car falls and explodes in midair. Now, here's the thing. Right after that, the dude disappears. So nobody saw the guy pull her out of the car. Why? Because he's an angel! Angels watching over me, every move I make. Angels watching story you've ever read on the internet of angels helping people out of bad situations it's a cheap way to set up an action piece and then end it all this deus ex machina stuff just really punches holes in the tires of this vehicle and i don't mean kimmy's car
2: <laughs> well and here's where it's gets it starts to get fun <sighs> because eric tries to make cody bad think of satan tempting jesus in the desert it's pretty much exactly that and this is how the filmmakers pretend to create resonance eric and cody find a home now eric talks about how god has abandoned that guy and how he would be better off dead it would be kinder than letting him live so eric being a hands-on kind of bad guy draws a symbol on the ground and mutters some incantation that i don't recognize And the homeless guy takes the gasoline, which Eric has set on the ground beside him, and pours it all over himself. Eric has also thoughtfully provided a book of matches. And he says, if God loves his children so much, maybe God will stop this.
0: Well, Cody does it for God by blowing out the old guy's match. And she hugs him and says, he hasn't forgotten you. And she gives him a rosary. (laughs) However,
2: the homeless guy is still saturated with a flammable substance. So Eric lights a Zippo and sets the guy on fire anyway. And here endeth the list.
0: Kimmy goes to pray at her housekeeper's church, back in the weird Nostromo candle room, when one of the nuns who works at Cody's old school comes in and says, I know what's happening to you. There's a man who can help us. Oh, (laughs) Where the fuck were you before, Penguin? Why didn't you show up before she was driving the wrong way across the George Washington Bridge?
2: Also, how do you know what's happening? Was it in the Weekly Missile? Is there a Catholic Underground Railroad for children being chased by evil cults? I mean,
0: really. Now, meanwhile, Cody's tucked away (laughs) in her weird little cult house, which bad guy Eric Drake is shooting up her real mommy with heroin, So Eric decides it's time for another object lesson.
2: Meanwhile, Kim and Sister Rosa are on their way to meet Father Grissom, who is a Jesuit priest who was censured by the Vatican. Of course he is. How many fucking rogue priests are there? I mean, seriously. Now, this one is played by Ian Holm, and fuck all if I know how he wandered his way into this shitstorm. But his character's in a wheelchair. So you know damn well we're in for a shit ton of exposition. Like the guy's gonna go anywhere except round and circle. But <laughs> it's Hollywood and that's what you do to a paraplegic rogue priest who has been censured by the Vatican for the radical views and what the fuck ever in
0: anything. I, I don't know anymore. So one of the first things that Father Grissom says is the devil's greatest trick was getting people to believe he doesn't exist thanks for that incredible thought screenwriters once again we have to use a cliche as a touchstone so that a scene seems important every single scene of this film should start with the line hey remember that one movie when that one character did something cool keep that in mind while i never stop talking
2: (laughs) well father grissom shows kim pictures depicting demon uh, attacks on people Now, a lot of people have seen those shitty CGI, apparently, throughout history. See, Cody is actually the death-mute autistic messiah, and Eric is going to try to tempt Cody just like Satan tempted Jesus in the desert. Try to give her a big head, make her realize she is worthy of
0: worship. Also, they make a real half-assed plan to kidnap Cody while she's being taken to the dentist. (laughs)
2: Which we told you was an important plot point. But
0: that's the next day. That night, while Angela is sleeping in the arms of narcotics, bad guy Eric takes Cody up to the roof. And he tells her she has to choose between good and evil. He tries to plant doubt in her mind, like, maybe God is just like the Easter Bunny. And he says he knows that she can tell. And he picks her up, and he stands her on the ledge, and he uses this really precise argument from the temptation in the desert. He tells her to jump off the building and that if she really believes, God will save her. But if there's any doubt at all, she has to take his hand and side with Satan.
2: So Cody sits down and says, After you, which infuriates Eric, and he almost throws her off the building anyway. <laughs> Hopefully, because he realized how shitty his argument was, but he never says if you jump, Satan will catch you. So her saying after you should really have no effect on him whatsoever. <laughs> so the game isn't over, you little shit. Is freaking out is completely stupid. So
0: the next day, the cops find the burned body of the homeless guy, and Jimmy Smiths notices a symbol drawn onto the dirt.
3: It's a druid wound spell, straight out of the 16th century.
2: Druid rune spell? Shit. I mean, how many hit points did the guy take? Was he not wearing his Mithril shirt? Also, we see the rune. That's not a fucking druid rune. It's not a rune at all. If anything, it looks like a Keith Herring drawing. So, basically, in this scene, Jimmy Smith is upset over the cover of a very special Christmas, the Band-Aid album.
0: (laughs) The kidnapping is about to begin. (laughs) <laughs> Kimmy goes into the dentist's office which is a New Dawn operated dentist uh, in fact Donya the bad nanny sees her but that doesn't stop Cody from jumping out of the dentist's chair and running away with Kimmy it's no big deal though because Donya has already gone down to street level and stabbed the eyes out of the kid who was helping her kidnap Cody with knitting needles and honestly that's the coolest part of the movie it is. So there's
2: a chase as Kimmy tries to carry Cody away, and they run to get on the subway. And this woman, who was standing in front of the doors of, of the subway train, says, After
1: you... Angels <laughs> watching <laughs> over
2: takes off with Donia right behind them, and she bashes in one of the windows, briefly turns into Medusa, demon face, snakes for hair, the whole fucking deal.
0: So they get away, and they start driving to Vermont to meet Sister Rosa.
2: Meanwhile, Jimmy Smits is investigating a room he thinks something took place it's in. It's too
0: clean. <laughs> <laughs>
2: They call in the ALS, CSI,
0: what the fuck ever. So Kimmy and Cody are at this gas station. And Kimmy's taking Cody into the restroom when a girl is being wheeled out in a wheelchair. She's bald. She's wearing a knit hat. And Cody says, you're sick. (laughs) Well, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. So Cody goes to hug the girl. And the girl is healed. The girl can feel the cancer go away, apparently. She sits there smiling, and is looking appropriately reverent. It's like, she'll look <laughs> at Cody, and then she'll kind of look away for a second, and then she'll look back, and look back <laughs> at herself, but she won't close her fucking mouth, and she's like, that's the whole scene.
2: Well, when they drive away, the new Don limos are chasing them in her four tempo. She flags down a cop who gets run over by the limo. And then she tells Cody to get out of the car and run. She's six. So, of course, the bad guys capture her immediately. I mean, that's your big idea. Run. (laughs) Run by yourself into the woods, little girl. Fucking.
0: So the cops bring in, I don't know, luminol and a black light, and they find the new dawn symbol on the wall, written in blood. So Kimmy calls Jimmy, and they figure out where the baddies are taking Cody, which is somewhere outside of Albany. Well, they did a property title search, that's how. So some actual detective work may accidentally have gotten done.
2: Ooh. So, again, over dinner, Eric asks Cody to join their cult, and she's not having it. Starts making all their plates spin around with her mind. I mean, somebody needs to show the girl the original carry. Like, stat. Because plate
0: spinning frightens nobody. She doesn't even break them. No! They just spin, and then they just settle gently back into place. Really? I saw that on Ed Sullivan. Fuck you. (laughs) Meanwhile, all of the nuns in New York City are praying for Cody. And again, no way of knowing how they know anything that's going on, but of course we are to infer that Jesus told them. (laughs) So
2: the final battle between good and evil begins or ends. It's been going on this whole fucking movie and both sides are equally bored.
0: Kimmy breaks into the house and she grabs the sharpest table knife she can find. Jimmy Smits is there too with a gun because he's done this kind of thing before, but not real well because he gets jumped and gets the shit kicked out of him.
2: <laughs> Eric has an old deconsecrated church on his property. Like you do. And that's where the ritual is going to take place. Kimmy follows who she thinks is Cody there, but it's actually the weird one-eyed redheaded kid who was in the (laughs) city before. So there's Satanists and an altar and shitty demons flying about. And Kimmy has a vision of all these CGI rats climbing into a throne and turning into a Satan. But that's really just for a split second.
0: And then we see all the nuns praying and we suddenly get a real kind of Bukkake face full of what's going on here. This is a spiritual warfare movie and God and the angels can only be activated by prayer. And these nuns are off in New York flipping the switch.
2: So Eric tells Cody to choose Satan as her God or else he'll blow Kimmy's brains out. And tear gas canisters come flying through the windows. Thanks, cops. (laughs) Chaos ensues. Kindles fall over. Of course, there's a fire. And instead of killing Cody, Eric shoots Kimmy twice. The The end.
0: end. No, that didn't happen.
2: No. I mean, it did,
0: but it didn't end there.
2: Well, what really happens is shitty CGI angels come down from heaven to balance out these shitty CGI demons and to give Cody that little extra burst of power she needs to bring Kimmy back to life. Which, of course, she does. The cops bust through the door and the angels distract Eric just long enough for Jimmy Smith to shoot him. Goodbye, bad guy.
0: Yeah, So much for forgiveness, I guess.
2: Well, Kimmy grabs her sister and pulls her out of the planes, And Cody's fine, even though she's still the Messiah, I guess. And hooray! The hand of God has saved everyone and killed all the cultists. And even the ones Jimmy
0: Smith shot, because that's a holy instrument. Here comes the ending, which is where Kimmy says that her sister has asked her to adopt Cody. Kimmy, Jimmy, and Cody are standing outside of Ange- of, of the church when one of the remaining New Dawn members comes bucketed around the corner with a knife to kill the kid. But she's standing in front of two angel statues, holding giant spears. And the kid sees the statues, and he runs away. Angels watching over me. Most like that fucking internet story
2: <laughs> where the one where the girl was about to be raped or killed or forced to fill out a credit application or something and then the bad person runs away because he sees the angel standing by her protecting her that no one else can see it's a happy story, it's an urban legend and it's a shit-sucking way to end a shit-sucking movie and by the gods, is it done now?
0: yes because if there's any real proof of the existence of God in this movie, it is that this movie ends. Decisively, <laughs> no sequel, done. Oh,
2: saints be praised. <laughs> we'll be back after we go do something sinful. I don't even know what.
0: Doesn't matter. Gonna, Y'all hang I'm tight. I'm going to drink an unbaptized baby.
3: Almost midnight. Enough time for one more story. They tried to kill us. You ungodly warlock!
1: Ah!
4: <sniffs> but we just won't stay dead. What's the
1: matter? You can't
4: hold your liquor, huh? The Midnight
0: Horror Show internet's goriest and raunchiest horror podcast since 2008 now live every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time at tmhsradio.com listen on your mobile device with the tune in app search tmhs radio or download us at itunes Podomatic, or the tmhs radio page
4: Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror where our horror novice, the Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The podcast Under the Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under the Stairs, signing off.
0: We have returned, and there's no sense in mucking about. It's time for America's...
2: Um, we do have listeners in other
0: countries. Holy balls, you're right. You know what that means.
2: Knowing you, I'm actually sort of afraid of what that means.
0: That means it's time for the world's favorite game of interrogative gobbledygook. Three questions.
1: Three questions. Stop.
0: question number one is this a devil movie
1: ah fuck you
2: know I think I said no I know I said in a previous episode that if Satan shows up incarnate it's a devil movie and technically Satan did show up incarnate in a weird rat CGI sort of way for a (laughs) split second in this movie and there are cultists and there is that whole murdering children thing
0: so does it slip by on a technicality is that what you're telling me
2: i guess by my definition of what i've been holding movies to that we've reviewed in the past yes okay
0: and and here's and here's my my issue with that Yes, you do get to see computer-generated rat Satan for just a second before he sprouts wings and then disappears. It doesn't even fly away. Just poof, just poof, disappears into, I don't know, rat dander. You, um, But you've also got um, nuns praying together like they're a fucking union. You've got people who are angels or angels who are people and then you have the angels who come down at the end who look like they just left the set of the abyss it's just it's this is a recruiting film for catholics <laughs> so i can't if it is a devil movie it is as much a jesus movie as it is a devil movie as it's a sp- it's a spiritual warfare movie So, yeah, this one really rides the fence. And it pisses me off, because when you look at the poster, the poster's got a big upside-down cross on it, and flames, and none of that shit in this movie. Nothing. Total misrepresentation.
2: (laughs) All right, well, question number two. On a scale of one to six, remember, you have to give it at least one. fuck. (laughs) One to six, how many devil horns will you give, bless the child?
0: one one (laughs) horn one little horn tiny little horn more like a party favor
2: like negative six is what I would (sighs) like to rate this but if we're going from one to six it's at the bottom of the fucking barrel yeah Mm
0: -hmm. okay finally why should our listeners watch bless the child or should they don't watch this movie. Oh god, say the fuck away. It's not even yeah. it's not even fun. No. Save yourself. <laughs> trust us. Trust Cootie and
2: X. Skip this fucking movie.
0: To... We suffered so that you don't have to two to Tutame X bless the child. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, whatever your coping mechanism is, a belief in angels or a belief in demons. X and I certainly believe in spirits of the distilled kind, especially. And that means it's time for America's no. Earth. No? I'm not saying Go on. Okay. It's time for Earth's favorite
0: drinking game. Yes.
2: Drinking with the devil. Where your love of movies means your disdain for your own liver.
0: Drink! Every time Cody calls Kim Basinger Mem. Mem. Mem, not bad as far as terms of endearment goes, but the way she says it,
2: oh God,
0: drink, drink, yeah,
2: um, drink. Every time Kim Basinger just stares blankly.
0: <laughs> she acts with her forehead in this movie. It's really, and she just furrows and wrinkles her brow, and that's all she does. Just a small muscle flex. Um, Drink every time you see someone in this movie who might be an angel. And alternately, drink every time a gargoyle. (laughs) Finally, our Grandmaster Challenge, when you're watching Bless the Child, drink. Just drink. Throughout the whole thing? Yeah, start to finish it. Don't even fucking take time to breathe. Just pound it down all the way through this horrid, fucking stinking mess of a film
2: yeah i am backing you up on that totally oh. um by the way we here at kiss the goat do not condone underage drinking or alcohol abuse but
0: they've, they've always, always worked, worked, worked for, us. for us moving on then hey guess what you could do in your spare time finish my
2: square for the asthma quilt <laughs> build, build a bottle in a ship Shoot a 22 at the apartment complex across the
0: street. All those are fine pursuits, but I was speaking specifically to the listeners.
2: Well, they can do all those things, too. (laughs) 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 That's
0: true. And they can also write to us here at Kiss the Goat. It's time for the world's favorite segment of Questioning and Answering. Ask the Goat, where we answer your questions and you question our answers. Huss in your love letter. Straight from
1: my heart, fucker. You
0: know what a love letter is? It's a bullet from a fucking gun, fucker. You receive a love letter from me. You're fucked forever. As my lovely assistant cootie rummages through our malevolent mailbag, rummage, 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 please be reminded that you can leave us a message at our Facebook group page, which is facebook.com.groups. No, Facebook.com slash groups. Do a search on Facebook for the Kiss the Goat group. (laughs) Once we let you in through the Inner Sanctum, you can leave us a message there. um, Or you can use our evil email address, which is the goat of madness at gmail.com. Who draws first blood tonight, my dear? It is Jerry Esposito.
2: Jerry has a double question have either of you ever been caught committing a sexual act in a place of worship and if so was the priest pissed that you were cheating on him
0: (laughs) I'm too old for the priest and I think Cootie's too female Um, Oh, not caught no it's happened it's happened but no I never got caught
2: (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends on what you consider of worship
0: for me. Oh. Um
2: I've I've never had sex in a Christian church. Okay, and that's fair. That's... Done it lots of time in, in pagan circles,
0: but you know Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's that also casts as Usually... a place of worship. And he didn't say high priest.
2: And yeah that's true. It was it was always with the priest too, so
0: yes. Alright. Hey, Duncan McLeish fires the next shot with another double barreled question. Dunks wants to know why is Sam Neal so dreamy? And who would win in a fight between Arnie and Sam Neal?
2: That's not even a fair fight. Sam would kill Arnie. <laughs> Jesus, why would you send a senior golfer into a fight against someone easily thirty years his junior? Do you know how many PGA championships
0: Arnie honey, won? Honey, no, 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 not Arnie Palmer well what other arnie is there i i believe duncan's referring to schwarzenegger oh oh okay
2: well that's a little different yeah, a little bit <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> i think sam neill is dreamy because of his eyes and his accent and that weird crooked smile that he gets um because it doesn't matter if it's before he does something wonderful or does something incredibly evil. It's always that kind of nice sly one side of his mouth turns up. Yeah. He's, he's, he is a dream boat. <laughs>
2: yeah, totally. Um, I like the way he, he always looks like he's trying to make you think he's innocent, but <laughs> something behind his eyes, you know, he's not. And that's just really alluring. Right.
0: Which, I mean, which is why I think that he would win in a fight against Arnold Schwarzenegger simply because of uh, his powers of deception. I can get behind and that. Trickery. Totally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, like, oh, look over there. And then he pushes him you know, off a cliff or some shit. Right, Yeah. <laughs>
2: anyway our next
0: question is from mike flincham hey i am going to be a guest on mike's podcast towards the end of the month and i'll link it when it drops but his show is a new one it's called this means war and his show is all about those movies with versus in the title
2: oh yeah which movie did you choose to talk about
0: pro wrestlers versus zombies (sighs) of course you did
2: (laughs) (laughs) well mike's question is the poser of the show what is the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard someone blame on the devil? Oh,
0: man. It happens so much. I know, right? I mean, good grief. Everything from women driving to uh, gay marriage to, you know.
2: I am. Um... <sighs> used to used to work with her own. We were actually pretty close friends, but she was a Pentecostal. And um, she blamed the devil for making her computer at work act up. So she would literally stop what she was doing, lay her hands on her computer, <laughs> and say, in the name of Jesus.
0: Did it work?
2: I don't know.
0: Okay, and there you go. I know somebody who at one point um, blamed the devil for uh their car not working and prayed for mechanical angels to come down and help fix the car.
1: Ooh,
2: mechanic
0: angels huh? Yes. And it did work. <laughs> <laughs> got the car started. Credit where credit's due, man. I don't know. Something
1: right.
0: something got knocked loose, I guess, but yep. That... I wonder which fire Bubba is in. <laughs> Good question. The Bielza wire? Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> Finally, Alan McPherson brings this to the table. The tiny, tiny table. Hobbits are hipster munchkins. Discuss.
1: Fuck <laughs>
2: <laughs> Hipster munchkins? How are <laughs> hobbits hipster? <laughs> they're not hipster. If anything, they're like they're they're fucking country folk. They're like Anti-hipster. I don't even understand where that comes from.
0: Well, you know, they they live underground, very chic. You know, no. saves on heating bills. No, not chic. They wear those clothes. The men have <laughs> <laughs> the men have long hair, which they could put up into a little hobbit man bun. And I, the dwarves have better beards. I understand this, but still, no. They listen to to folk music. No. He's got a case. No. (laughs) (laughs) You're very passionate about this.
2: (laughs) I love the hobbits. They're not fucking hipster (laughs) munchkins.
0: Ridiculous. All right, then. Fine. I think you have a case, Alan. <laughs> Goody's having none of it.
2: Oh, no, I have none of it. But that signals the end of another glorious episode of Kiss the Goat.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Jason at the Horror Filia Network for not kicking our asses off the internet.
2: <laughs> Please check out our website at kissthegoat.weebly.com. Catch up on old episodes and... Buy stuff from our Where the Goat store.
0: Hey, check out my website, JeffreyXMartin.com, where you can find out about all the other stuff I do besides this show and including this show, including being included in a new anthology coming out very soon, which I'm very excited about. You can read about that on my website.
2: I think he's excited about
0: it. I'm excited about being included. (laughs)
2: Also, please leave us a nice review on iTunes, won't you? It doesn't take long, and it really helps out the show's ratings. Don't let us be just another cog in the machine.
0: No, help us be a bigger cog in the machine. Oh, and one more thing before we really wrap this up. Still looking for somebody in the Catholic clergy or lay clergy who is willing to come on the show, watch a movie with us, and answer some questions. We've had a couple of leads. Nothing's panned out yet. Those could. We're still waiting to see. But if you know somebody who's got a good sense of humor and would like to talk to a couple of even bastards about a shitty Hollywood movie and could have fun with it, hit me up on the Facebook group, hit Cootie up, let us know, and we'll see what we can work out.
2: Yes, please. So that's going to do it for this episode. The circle is open. Go forth and send some more. Until next time, my name is Cootie. And I'm
0: X. Hell Satan!
2: Satan.
0: Alright then, that was an hour and 16 minutes, and about 45 minutes was it me not being able to talk. Mostly the Judo Christian. Judo? The Judo Christian religion, <laughs> which is what Bruce Lee practiced when he was studying at the monastery. Um, actually, that would be the Jeet Kundo Christian religion. <laughs> me.
5: Oh, you are going to do the goat. Can I hear the goat?
0: I haven't found the goat yet. Oh. But when I do...
5: (laughs) Are we playing hide the goat?
0: We're not. I haven't decided which goat to use, which is kind of terrifying in its own way. The cops find Puppy Boy and a special God fucking damn it. Five, four, three...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll get there, don't worry. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) The fuck are you doing?
5: (laughs) It's been so long since I drank, and all I've had is one Mike's Hard Lemonade. (laughs) Not even one, I'd say probably three quarters.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. So it's just kind of it's it's hitting. That's good. Oh, That's thank good. God.
1: Okay.
0: Eight. Just like take eight of this. We. I, so. I have never fucked a script up this bad in my life. Now some of this is going into the outtakes, just so <laughs> you know.
5: Les is pogged up <laughs> and i don't want to have any background noise of the fan going
1: <laughs>
5: Hi. Hi. give me a minute to compose myself okay <laughs> well of course okay will be back in a minute
2: There's a boy that's collecting cans for recycling. up on the band, and this ball guy. Bald guy like Uh huh. Try that again. Five, four,
0: three. That's what I said. He's an FBI guy who studied to be a priest, but he couldn't quite put the, the, the fucking goddamn. We are better when we're fucked up. What is the problem? <laughs> the cops find puppy boy in the river. And a special agent is brought in. It's Jimmy Spitz. <coughs> Jesus. Sorry. I don't know. Five, four, three. The cops find Pop...
5: But I'm getting all breathy as I'm talking about playing
1: with myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie.
5: <laughs> Just because I'm done doesn't mean I'm putting my clothes back on.